Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to The Blodgett Show. I want to welcome everybody to this week's episode of Storytime Friday. This is episode 67. This is Snowpocalypse, part one and two. Roger had been driving for several hours. The snow had been coming down heavily for days, and it didn't show any signs of stopping. How the hell could it snow this much, he thought to himself. I didn't think it would be possible for this much snow to come down, he thought. Yet it continued to snow. There had been dozens of wrecks that he had seen as he continued to make his way back home. He, ex- he had successfully made his way to California and had delivered what he was hauling. But then on his way back, suddenly the weather had gotten extremely strange. He had barely gotten out of California and suddenly it had started to snow. He hadn't thought too much about it at first. As a driver, he had been through hundreds of random snow storms and figured it was yet another storm and that it would pass fairly quickly, but it hadn't. He had been through a few states and he was still getting pounded with snow. How the hell is this possible, he thought to himself. Welcome to Arizona, the side read as he continued making his way down the interstate. Yet, the snow still continued to come down. It hadn't let up at all. He could barely see 10 feet in front of him. It was snowing so hard that Roger had seen hundreds of cars parked on the shoulder with their flashes on. He would have pulled over as well, but he was anxious to get back home, and so he was pushing on. Partway through Arizona, he was struggling to keep himself alert and focused, so he figured he'd call his buddy Dave. Yo, Dave said. Yo, Roger said. What's up, Dave said. Oh, not much, Roger said. Just cruising along out here on the interstate. I'm getting the shit kicked out of you weather-wise. No shit. It's completely clear clear out here. Not a cloud in sight, Dave said. Shit, man. I'm so jealous. I just left California last night. I've been getting the shit kicked out of me since. It's been snowing practically whiteout conditions the whole time. What? That's fucked up, man. Are you going to make it, Dave said? I'm going to try. I've only stopped a few times to fuel up, but otherwise I've been pushing on, Roger said. Welcome to Texas, the sign read. Oh, thank God, Roger said, thought to himself. I hope this truck holds out. I do not want to be on foot in this shit. I still have so many miles to go, Roger thought to himself. As he rolled down the road, he saw a bright flash, and he could he could have sworn he saw an object cross the road in front of him. What the hell? He said out, said out loud to himself. As he tried to avoid hitting whatever it was in the road, his pickup truck spun in circles and he hit his head on the steering wheel as the truck went off the road in a snowbank. An hour or so later he woke up with his head on the steering wheel. Looking around he wondered what had just happened. It took him several minutes before he remembered where exactly he was and what happened. The last thing he had remembered was some big object zipping across the road and he had tried to avoid hitting it. Next thing he knew he was waking up where he was at. What the fuck, he thought to himself. Putting the truck in reverse, he put his foot on the accelerator and tried to get himself out of the snowbank. 
At first, all the tires would do was free spin, and the truck wouldn't move anywhere. Oh, come on, he said to himself, as he put the truck in reverse and accelerated again. Again, the truck just free spun and remained stuck in the snowdrift. Shit, Roger thought to himself. He put the truck in park and got out. Looking around, he could barely see anything. With the way the snow dripped, with the way the snow was coming down, he could barely see five feet in front of him. Man, where the where the freak is all this snow coming from? He thought to himself. He got behind the truck and started digging the snow out behind the, the rear tires. When he could finally see the gravel under the snow, he got back in the truck and started to try to reverse again. The wheels finally made contact with solid ground, and the truck successfully reversed out of the snow. Thank God, he said to himself. Putting the truck back in drive, he slowly and carefully continued making his way down the, down the highway. Hundreds of miles later, he still could barely see what was going on. What the freak? He thought to himself, it's been snowing nonstop for this, like, like this the past two states. What the hell is going on? He thought to himself that maybe there was something going on that he didn't realize, so he, he went to turn on the radio. As he flipped through the stations, every station he came across was broadcasting nothing but static. He went through dozens of stations, and yet all he had managed to find was static. He pulled out his phone, thinking, what the fuck is going on? There has to be some kind of news online. However, he tried to pull up a browser on his phone, and he was surprised by what he found. The browser you're trying to access is unavailable and cannot be loaded, he read on his phone. What the fuck? He thought to himself. He tried to call his wife. I'm sorry, the number you're calling cannot be completed, he heard through the earpiece. That's weird, he thought. He tried to call his parents. The call you were trying to make cannot be completed, he heard. Hmm, what is going on with the cell network, he thought to himself. He was beginning to worry quite a bit. Breathe, man. Just breathe. Everything is fine, he told himself. But he couldn't quite shake that something was wrong. All he could do, though, was keep rolling down the road. Even if it was slow, he had to keep going. He had to keep pushing on. He had to keep making his way back to his wife. He couldn't let himself give in to the possibility that things weren't okay. I have to make it home. I have to, he told himself. He tried to dial his wife, Maggie. The call you're making cannot be completed as doubt. Shit, he said to himself. What the fuck is going on? He said to himself. As he slowly made his way down the road, he tried to turn the radio on and scroll through all the possible stations. Every station he came to at first came up on his digital display with the station number, but only broadcast and static on the radio. As he continued to work his way through all the possible stations, stations just before he had gotten to the end of the dial suddenly the radio got really loud attention attention if there's anyone alive out there find a safe place to hold up we do not know what's going on but hundreds if not thousands of people have disappeared this snowstorm seems to be a nationwide event which we have no idea how that's even possible however it seems that people from all over the country are randomly going missing what the what the heck roger thought to himself he looked back and back and forth from the left side of the road to the right as he continued slowly driving down the road. I gotta get home. I do not want to get stuck out here, he thought to himself. Crash! Suddenly there was a loud boom on the side of his pickup truck. And the next thing he knew, his truck was spinning circles and he was half buried in the side of a snowdrift. About a half, or, 
half hour later or so, he was waking up and looking around the inside of the truck, wondering what had happened. Since he was half buried in the snowdrift, it was pretty dark inside the truck, so he was a little bit disoriented at first. Rolling down the driver's side window, he figured he would dig his way out. He un unbuckled his seatbelt and started to dig himself out of his truck from the driver's side window. As he dug his way up, he could see a little bit of light above him, and before he knew it, he was breaking the surface in the snow. It took a few minutes for him to catch his breath, that he looked behind him and saw the rear end of the truck sticking out of the snow. He looked off to the side and saw that there was a sign that, said, that said Dallas, 200 miles. <sighs> okay, at least I have an idea where I am, he thought to himself. He started walking down the road. As the sun started to set, he pulled out his camping gear. He managed to grab it from his pickup truck just before he dug his way out. Setting up his tent, he dug in for the night. When he left California as the nationwide snow began to fall, he stopped and bought himself a tent and other camping gear. He thought to himself that he had no idea what the heck was going on, but wanted to be as prepared as possible. He didn't have any immediate family, so he had tried to call Mary, a cousin of his that lived in PA, but he had gotten the usual automated message about how the call he was trying to make could not be completed. So he decided to grab as much gear as he could possibly take with him. Roger slowly made his way on foot just, to cro just after crossing, crossing the border of Texas, and the snow only got worse. He could barely see five feet in front of him. He glanced at his phone and noticed that it had the message, no service, displayed on the screen. Shit, he thought to himself. He hoped he was going the right way. He only knew for sure that he was at least going east because he deliberately had not left the interstate going east. Yet now he had lost his truck and was on foot. Just up ahead, he thought he saw a shape materializing in the distance. What is that? He thought to himself. As he got closer, the shape got more clear and he realized that it was a building. Roger made it to a gas station. Ding! He heard as he came in the front door of the gas station. He glanced around and didn't see anyone. Making his way around the store, he started to grab things he thought would help him in his travels. He grabbed bottles of water, chips, candy bars, anything that he could think of that didn't require refrigeration. He made his way to the to the register and as he put the bat put the basket on the counter, he looked around but didn't see anybody. Hello, he said, but again, didn't see anyone in the store. Hello, is anyone here? He said aloud again. But again, there was no response. He shrugged. Well, crap, he said to himself. Jumping over the counter, he grabbed a bag and started bagging up the stuff he grabbed. He went over to the cash register and looked at it for a few seconds. As he ran his fingers through his beard, he wondered, should I? Roger was usually a pretty honest guy. He had never stolen anything in his life, but here he was in the store and debating walking out not only with the snacks he grabbed, but also was debating about popping open the cash register in the convenience store he was in. Hello, is anyone here? He said out loud again. He walked towards the back of the store and looked, looked in what appeared to be a break room. No sign of anybody. He shrugged again. Walking up to the front of the store, he pushed the button on the register and then the drawer popped open. Roger reached in and grabbed the cash out of the register. He wasn't sure what was going on, but thought maybe he would need cash. So he grabbed everything the register had. 
exiting the store, he put his hat back on, covered his face with the scarf because the snow had gotten worse. It was actually a blizzard now with whiteout conditions. He walked back over to the interstate and continued walking down the road. <sighs> Sucks that I lost my ride, he thought. No sooner had he thought that, he saw there was a, another building coming up on his right as he walked down the road. It looked like there were vehicles parked outside. So Roger slowly made his way over there and went to check it out. There were only about half a dozen cars parked outside with what appeared to be a diner. After checking the first few cars and finding out they were locked, he tried the last car. It was Nissan Rogue and the door was unlocked. Roger got in the Rogue, looked around for a few seconds, then pulled the visor down. Keys fell into his hand. Hell yeah, he said to himself. Putting the keys in the ignition, he started the car and pulled out of the, the diner parking lot. He got back on the interstate and continued making his way down the road. He had gone several hundred miles so far and yet he had not seen even a single vehicle. Yet alone a single person. What the hell is going on? I thought to himself, where is everybody? Welcome to Dallas, the sign read. As he made his way through the city, everything looked deserted. He saw cars in random locations. Some of them were in ditches, others looked like they were crashing into other cars. Yet he saw no people. There were no people in the cars. There were no people anywhere on the sidewalks. There were no people outside any of the buildings. As Roger drove down the road, he couldn't help but wonder, man, what the, what the heck is going on? He felt his stomach growl. I guess I better try to figure out something to eat. He pulled off at the next exit and noticed there was a hotel up ahead that also had a restaurant attached to it. He pulled into the parking lot and put the Rogan Park. He wasn't sure what to expect, but he breathed a sigh of relief when he tried the door to the casino restaurant and it opened. As he walked into the restaurant, he glanced around, not knowing what to expect, and immediately noticed there were plates on a lot of the tables in the restaurant. A lot of plates looked to have half-eaten meals that had not been finished. There were even appetizers and drinks that were still unfinished. Wow, thought to himself, man, what the heck's going on? went up to the counter and rang the bell. He stood there for a few minutes without getting any response and he rang the bell again. Man, what the heck's going on? Like, he thought to himself. He said, screw it, then made his way around the counter. He slowly pushed his way through the swing doors leading into the kitchen and looked around to make sure that there was nobody around. Then he went over to the grill and noticed that it was still on. Hmm, that's interesting, he said out loud. Looking off to the side, he saw there was a fridge, and so he opened it to see what was, what was there. He noticed that there was some chicken, steak, and ham in there, and so he grabbed one of the New York strips and closed the fridge. The grill made a loud sizzling sound as he dropped the steak on the grill. As it cooked, he looked in the fridge to see what he might be able to make with it. He noticed in the bottom shelf that there was a bunch of bell peppers and onions, and as he glanced around the kitchen, he saw some potatoes. He diced up the bell peppers and onions, threw them on the grill, and threw some potatoes in water, and started bringing them to a boil. He kept glancing around every few minutes. It just felt wrong, but he didn't know what else to do. He was hungry, and he had not seen another living soul since he left California. Where the hell is everyone? He thought to himself. He couldn't focus on that right now, though. 
If he was going to make it home, he had he was going to have to feed himself, so he had to do whatever he had to do. As he flipped the steak, he tossed the peppers and onions on the grill to cook alongside the steak. As they were finishing up, he strained the potatoes and mashed, and mashed them up. Looking around the kitchen for a few minutes, he found where the plates were and plated up the steak and topped it with the onions and peppers, and then scooped the mashed potatoes alongside the steak. He noticed there was another fridge, and it was loaded with a lot of alcoholic beverages. He found a beer he liked and grabbed his plate and made his way back into the main dining room. As he sat down with his plate and his beer, he looked around again and shivered at the thought that there was absolutely no other person anywhere near him. He couldn't think about that right now, though. He had gone, gone a while without eating, and if he was to make it home, he needed to keep his strength up. So he grabbed a fork and a knife and started to eat the meal he had prepared. As he bit into his steak, he sighed, Oh my god, this is amazing. I haven't had a steak in so long, said to himself. Scooping a spoonful of potatoes into his mouth, he sighed happily. So freaking delicious, he sighed out loud. After finishing his last few bites of steak and veggies and potatoes, he made his way out of the casino to head back to the Rogue. He had to make his way through the gaming area where all the gambling machines were, and he glanced around and noticed that there were absolutely nobody in the gaming area. This is so freaking weird, he thought to himself. He got shivers down his spine, thinking about how empty every place was around him. It didn't make any sense. However, he told himself that he couldn't worry about that right now. He had to keep pushing on and just try to make it home. As he made his way back to the rogue, he heard a high-pitched scream in the distance. It made his skin crawl. What the heck was that? He said to himself. He glanced around, but had no idea where the sound had come from. He thought about going back inside the casino, but thought, no, that's probably not a good idea. Then he thought about walking around to try to figure out where he, where the sound had come from, but again thought to himself, that's probably not a good idea either. So he got back in the Rogue, got back on the interstate, and drove off. It wasn't long before he reached the border of Louisiana. It was getting dark, so he decided to find a place to pull off for the night. The next exit he came up on said there was a hotel, so he decided to pull off. He parked and grabbed his stuff and made his way into the front entrance of the hotel. He made his way up to the front desk and rang the bell, but didn't get any response. He glanced around the lobby and didn't see anyone, so he made his way behind the counter. He looked at the key cards that were hanging there and randomly grabbed one. Room 125 it is, he said to himself. Finding his room, he set the deadbolt behind him, threw his stuff on the bed. I really need a shower, he said to himself. As the shower got hot, he thought to himself, thank God, there's still hot water. As he stood under the hot water in the shower, he again wondered to himself what exactly was going on. Where was everybody? He had traveled from California to Louisiana so far and had not seen a single person. When he was in California before the snow started, he had seen quite a few people. Things seemed normal. But when the snow started and he'd started to travel, he'd quickly noticed that he had not seen anyone since. Ding! He heard, and he glanced to the dash. Crap, I need gas. A few more miles, and he came up on the next exit. Pulling off on the exit, he pulled into a gas station and pulled up to one of the pumps. He went inside and wasn't surprised that he didn't see anyone inside. He went behind the counter, located the number of the pump that he was parked at, and flipped the switch to turn the pump on. 
Going back outside to the rogue, he filled the tank up with gas. He went, he went back inside and flipped the switch back off. He went over to the cash register and grabbed the cash, and then went around to the, around the store filling up a bag with snacks and drinks. Getting back on the interstate, Roger tried to scroll through the radio stations again. He came across a few frequencies that he thought he heard somebody talking. He doubled back to those frequencies, and then he heard, and all he heard was static. Hmm. I wonder if I can get a hold of Dave, thought to himself as he pulled out his phone. Dialing Dave's number, he was surprised when he picked up. Yo, Dave said. Holy shit, what's up, Roger said. Not too much, man. What's up with you? Everything okay? Well, Roger said, um, has, it, has anything weird been going on up there? What do you mean, Dave said. It's just, since I last called you, I have not been able to, I have not seen a single person. I haven't been able to get anyone, anything to come through on the radio. Holy crap, Dave said. What, do you, what about your wife? Have we talked to her yet? No, man, that's another thing. Uh, another weird thing. You're you're the only person I've been able to get, get a hold of. What? What do you mean? I'm serious, Roger said. I, I haven't been able to get a hold of anyone else. Most of the time since you and I last spoke, I haven't even had any covers on my phone. I just filled up the car and noticed I had signal, and I thought I'd try to call you. I was surprised when it went through. What the heck, man? That's so messed up. Hold on. Wait a minute. So you had bars that were able to call me. Try going online where, where you're, while you're on the call with me and see if you can get any updates, see what's going on, Dave said. Hold on, let me check. I'm putting you on speaker, Roger replied. Roger pulled up his internet browser and typed in a news, a news website. Website cannot load. You're connected to the internet. Hmm, weird, Roger said. Any luck? Dave said. No, it says I'm not connected. Not sure how I was able to call you. Every call I made before you, before I tried to call you, wouldn't go through. What about Maggie? Dave asked. Yeah, I've tried to call her a few times. It keeps giving me the, the number you dialed cannot be completed as dialed message. That's so weird, Dave said. What about you, man? Where are you? Where are you? And like, what are you doing? Roger asked. Why do you ask? Dave said. You're literally the only person I've been able to get in touch with. Also, did I mention that I have not come across any other person in the last few states? Roger said. Um, you might have mentioned it, but I don't remember. Like, nobody? Like, not one person? No, man, I haven't gotten through to anyone, Roger said. Holy crap, man, that's so effed up, Dave said. You didn't answer my question, man. Where are you at? Like, where are you at? Are you still in Jersey? Is anything weird going on up there, Roger asked? I have no idea, man. I've been secluded away in my apartment. I was pretty burned out at work the past few months, so I decided to take a staycation. I've been literally hanging out in my apartment just playing PlayStation. Is anything weird... Is anything weird going on where you are? What about the weather, Roger said. Now that you mention it, yeah, I was playing Call of Duty online with a bunch of people in the last few weeks, you know, that I've been off. But this past four or five days, I haven't been able to connect with anyone. I log on, it shows no other players available. So I end up just playing solo missions. I didn't think about it until you had just asked, Dave said. Interesting, man. What about the weather? Like, what is the weather like there? Roger said. Uh, it's been decent lately, but wait. What the what the, what the heck? Holy crap, Dave said. What, man, what? Roger said. It's freaking blizzarding here, man. It was freaking sunny the other day. It was even cold. It, it, it wasn't even cold, man. What the hell, Dave said. I know, man. I've been dealing with that since I barely got out of California. It's why I lost my truck. What? 
You lost you lost the ram? What the hell, man? Dave said. Yeah, man, I was going down the interstate and I and something crossed the roadway. I heard a loud crash and I, I lost control. Next thing I know, I was waking up and the truck was half buried in a large snowdrift in the ditch. I literally had to dig myself out, Roger said. Holy shit, Dave said. Yeah, man, not gonna lie. I, I love my truck. I hated having to give it up. How'd you survive out in the elements, Dave said. I ended up buying a bunch of camping stuff when I left California. I had a feeling in my gut that I would need it. I can't explain it. Camping stuff? Like what? A tent? Dave said. Yeah, man. Tent, self-inflating air mattress, sleeping bag, lantern, and a uh, small space heater. Roger said. Damn, man. That sounds pretty awesome. And I noticed you mentioned, mentioned a car, so I guess you have another car now, Dave said. Yeah, I came across a business that had a bunch of cars parked outside. I checked a bunch of them and found a rogue that was unlocked. You're not going to believe this, man. You know how some movies show guys getting into into cars and pulling pulling down the visor and finding the keys, Roger said. <clears throat> yeah, I've always thought that was complete BS, Dave said. Roger laughed. Yeah, I always thought the same, but you're not going to believe this. Don't tell me you found the keys above the visor, Dave said. Even better, man. I pulled the visor down and the keys fell in my hand, Roger said. No freaking way, Dave said. No shit, man, Roger said. Hell yeah, man. I was surprised when the keys, uh, when the keys landed in my hand, I was like, no freaking way, I thought that'll happen in movies. Dave laughed out loud. I can't believe that actually works, man. I always thought that shit was made up in the movies. Me too, man, Roger said. So you said you haven't really been outside much, right, bro? Roger said. No, man, I've been, I mainly, I have maybe gone outside to take the trash out, but otherwise, no. I've just been hanging out here in my apartment, gaming it up. The only other times I took a break were, oh, crap, wait a minute, Dave said. What is it, man? Roger said. I was just thinking, I tried to go online to order food the other day and wouldn't go through, Dave said. Okay, well, what do you think that means, Roger said. Bro, I didn't think anything about it at the time, but you mentioned not having any internet access. It didn't dawn on me at the time when I tried to order food, but now I'm like, holy crap, Dave said. So you think what's going on here is going on there too, bro, Roger said. I didn't think so before, but now I'm thinking that maybe that might be the case, Dave said. Holy crap, Roger replied. So what what do you think is going on? I have no idea. You probably you probably know more than I do. What are you gonna do what are you gonna do next? I'm not gonna or I'm just gonna keep making my way east. Um I'm gonna keep trying to make my way home. I don't know what else I can do, bro. I I had kinda started to give up hope of there being anyone else out here, Roger said. What do you mean, bro? Bro, you're literally the only person I managed to get a hold of since I left California when the blizzard conditions started happening. Seriously, Dave said. Yeah, man, Roger said. I've been tr making so many phone calls, it's not even funny. Yet none of my calls have gone through. Not until I tried to call you anyway. Have you tried any tried to talk to anyone recently? Dave sighed. No, bro, like I said, I've just been chilling here, chilling out here in my apartment for almost the past two weeks, playing video games and trying to unwind. You know how stressful my line of work is. Oh, yeah, no. You still trucking it up, Roger said? Hell yeah, although I'm working on getting the side gig set up. I love to be able to, to not have to go over the road for a month at a time. It totally sucks. Oh, hell yeah, man. I know what you're. I know how that is. I remember back when I used to be out on the road driving for the same company as you. Although, yeah, I admit I was stressed out from being away from home, but I did love what I did. We got paid pretty well, Roger said. Yeah, that's true, Dave said, but it still doesn't make it any easier being away from home. 
Yeah, you're right, Roger said. So are we, so are you going to be back, going back out on the road in the next few weeks? Dave sighed. Well, that's currently the plan, but with the unusual stuff going on, I'm not sure what's going to happen. When was the last time before talking to me that you'd spoken with anyone else? Hell, man, the last contact I had was probably Maggie, and that was just before I left California. Since I hit the, these blizzard conditions, I haven't been able to get a hold of anyone except you, Roger said. Dave sighed again. Okay, Roger, bro, I don't know what's going on, but you be careful out there, man. When I when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to see if I can find out see if I can find out anything. And we'll try to see if I can get in touch with anyone else. Give me a call whenever you get a signal again and I'll update you on what I find out. And you do the same with me, okay, bro? Dave said. Sounds like a plan, man. Oh, there was one other thing I forgot to tell you. I still haven't figured out or I still haven't figured it out, but it freaked me the hell out, Roger said. What is it, man? Dave said. A few days back, just after I acquired or after I acquired the, the car, I was getting ready to take off and I got to get back on the interstate and I swear I heard a high pitched scream not far from where I was at. No fucking way. What what did you do, Dave said. I was torn, man. What do you mean? Well, Roger said, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I first thought I should go see that, see what that was and if anyone needs help. Yeah, Dave said. And then I thought, I have a feeling that's probably, probably wouldn't be a good idea. So I, I went with my gut and I drove off. Dave laughed. I hear you, man. Roger sighed. Bro, not going to lie. I wanted to go check it out. It sounded like it wasn't far from where it was at. But I had, I had this really bad feeling in my gut. Something in my gut was telling me not to go check it out. You could say that I had this this fear telling me if I didn't if I didn't get out of there, I was I was probably gonna die. So I started the car and I drove off. Maybe somebody needed help, and because I drove off, they died. But maybe it was nothing. Everything in my gut was telling me that I need to get out of there, though. I hear you, man. Dave said, "I'm all for helping people, but I feel like you did the right thing." Okay, man. I'm gonna hop off. And I'm going to start seeing if I can get a hold of anyone or if I can find any websites that work. I'm going to see if I can somehow get any information about whatever might be going on. Keep making your way east and call me whenever you get a chance to let me know things are going okay. All right, man, Roger said. I will definitely do that. Be, be safe, bro. I will, man. You be safe up there too, Roger. Roger pulled the car over when David answered. And after hanging up, he put the car back in drive, pulled back on the interstate, and continued making his way down the road. Welcome to New Orleans, the sign said. Okay, I'm making good progress, Roger thought to himself. The sun was set, getting down pretty low, and he was getting pretty hungry. I should probably find a place to stop for the night and find something to eat, he thought. As he made his way uh, through town, he noticed there were several businesses that had the windows broken, and a few of them were on fire. Holy crap, Roger thought. He came up on another casino with a hotel and a restaurant attached to it and decided to pull in and park. He loaded up his overnight bag and headed, headed inside. As he opened the door to the casino, he looked around and didn't hear or see anyone. He thought to himself, I wish I had a gun or something to protect myself with. Even though there were no people in, inside, the casino was really loud. There was music playing nearby, although it sounded pre-recorded. There were loud sounds nearby that sounded like when people had one of slot machines. Roger could even hear what sounded like coins coming out of the machines. Yet as he looked around, 
Even with all the flashing lights and all the really loud sounds, he couldn't see anybody. Where the fuck is everyone? He thought to himself. He made his way to the to the kitchen and, like he'd done before, looked around to see if anyone was there. However, just like before, there was not a soul in sight. And so he went back into the kitchen, fired up the grill, and looked looked in the fridge to see what the kitchen had in stock. He saw some meatballs in the fridge and he noticed some pasta sauce. Eh, that sounds pretty good, he thought. He opened up one of the cabinets and noticed there was some bow tie pasta. He had also noticed some mushrooms and some shredded cheese in the fridge. He preheated the oven for the meatballs and set them up on a baking sheet ready to cook. He pulled out a cast iron skillet with, out of one of the pantries and got it heated up. There was a loud sizzle as he threw the mushrooms in there, as well as some onions that he chopped up. He put some water on to boil, put the pasta in. When the pasta was done cooking, he strained it and put it put it in a bowl. He added the red sauce to it, then added the mushrooms and onions, and added some shredded cheese to it before mixing it all up. Oh my god, this is freaking amazing, he thought to himself. Bang! Roger dropped his fork on the plate, or dropped his fork on the floor. What the hell was that? Was that a gunshot or an explosion, he said out loud to himself. After not hearing anything else for a few minutes, he grabbed another fork and took a few more bites. He ate a few of the meatballs and suddenly he heard what sounded like another scream in the distance. His breath caught in his throat. His heart skipped a beat. Was that a scream, he thought to himself? He made his way out of the kitchen and went to the nearest window and looked outside. He didn't see anything that jumped out of him. Everything just everything seemed just as isolated and deserted as it had before. He backed away from the window and looked around the casino floor. Everywhere around him on the floor, he could hear the sounds of slot machines dinging as if people had won, and coins being dispersed out of the machines. But there was literally nobody anywhere near where he was. It didn't make any sense. He thought to himself, why would there be machines playing, paying out if there were nobody playing them? He shook his head and went back to the kitchen. I won't be any good to myself or anyone if I don't keep my strength up, thought to himself. He finished the rest of his meal and went to the front desk. He went around where the room keys were all hanging and he randomly selected one. Room 257 it is, he thought to himself. As he let himself into his room for the night and the door shut behind him, he thought, I really hope Maggie's okay. He hadn't talked to his wife since he had first left California and it had been quite a while. He picked up his cell phone and tried to dial dial his wife's number. The number you called could not be completed as dialed. Crap, Roger said to himself. He looked at the phone on the side table in the hotel room. Hmm, I wonder, thought to himself as he picked up the phone and dialed Maggie's number. Hey, this is Maggie. You've reached my voicemail. Sorry I'm not available, but I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Please leave a message after the beep. Beep. Oh, crap. Uh, hey, Maggie, baby. Um, it's Roger. I don't know if you'll get this message. Hell, I don't even know if you're if you're even okay. I, I hope you're okay. If you get this message, please just just know that I'm currently okay and I'm making my way back to you. I don't know what's going on, but I've been making slowly making my way through some really heavy snow, blizzard conditions pretty much since I left California and I haven't been able to reach anyone at all. Well, I managed to reach Dave, but other than that, I've literally not seen anyone else. If you get this message, I still have my phone, but I don't know if you'll be able to reach me. I'll keep working my way east, and if I can get a call out, I'll, I will call you. But baby, please be careful. I couldn't handle if anything, if something bad happened to you. Beep, you've reached the maximum time for the message. If you'd like to re-record your message, press 1. Shit, said to himself as he pressed 2. 
so that he could just send a message. He made his way back to the Rogue and got back on the road. He crossed state lines again and he thought he'd try the radio again. He almost got through all the stations when he heard a voice on one of the frequencies as he passed it. He backed back up to it to go to the frequency he just passed. We don't know what is going on, folks. So many people have disappeared. It seems to be happening in all the states where there are blizzard conditions. There are probably about a dozen states where things seem to be okay and they do not have any unusual weather going on. Nor do they have any reports of people disappearing. But in all the other states, we've, we've heard reports of only a handful of people still being present in those states. In all those states, people only started disappearing after all the extreme weather started. There is no report as to anything, anything taking them. These people are just gone. So if you're hearing this broadcast and you're passing through these states, please be careful. If you hear anything, do not go and investigate. If you have a car, get back in it and keep driving. Do not try to be a hero. Keep on the move and be safe, the voice said on the radio. Holy crap, Roger thought. He pulled out his phone and dialed Dave's number. Yo, Dave said. Yo, Roger said. What's up, man? Dave said. Bro, I just managed to find a radio station that had something on it, and you're not going to believe what I just heard. What'd you hear, Dave said. Well, they said, they, they said that these extreme weather conditions are going on in all except like a dozen states. And they said that just keep moving. They said if you hear anything, don't be a hero. Don't go trying to help. And just keep moving, Roger said. Holy shit, man. That's some crazy crap. Yeah, man, Roger said. Have you been able to get a hold of anybody? No, I didn't even realize what was going on or how bad it was until or before since I talked to you last. I tried to call a few people since I got off the phone with you, but just like what you dealt with, all I get were the messages saying the numbers could not be completed as dial, Dave said. What about any websites? Anything saying about what's going on, Roger said? Nope, nothing. Uh, I've tried, but they all pop up saying I don't have any active internet connection. All right, bro, I'm going to keep making my way uh, back your direction. Oh, I almost forgot. I actually think I got through to Maggie's phone, Roger said. You did, Dave said? Yeah, instead of getting that message about the number not being completed as dialed, I actually got her voicemail. I don't know if she'll actually get it, but I left her a message. Well, that's something, Dave said. What are you going to do? Well, just going to keep making my way, my way east towards the east coast. I still have a ways to go. I still can't see shit because of the visibility, but I'll get I'll get out of that or I'll I'll get out that way. If you could see if you could get a hold of Maggie, I'd appreciate it, bro. I know we don't live too close to each other in PA, but who knows? Maybe maybe you can reach her. I just hope she's okay, Roger said. Of course, bro. I'll see I will see if I can reach her and when we talk next I will let you know. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you, bro, and I'm so grateful that I was able to get in touch with you. I just don't know what to think of the fact that I have not been able to reach anyone else I'm going to get back on the road but uh, be safe and I'll talk to you soon Roger said sounds good Dave said Roger pulled back onto the interstate and kept going down the road he periodically would scroll through the radio stations and see if he could find anything but he, but it had gone back to all the stations being staticky he'd started to turn north a bit and had crossed into North Carolina and he had to pull off to, again to get gas he pulled into a Flying J truck stop. It was so weird. All the lights were on, and yet there were no people anywhere nearby. Roger looked around as he sat in the Rogue at the pump with the car still running. There were cars still sitting at the pumps, and some of them even had nozzles still connected to their gas tanks, and if, and as, as if they were filling up their cars, yet nobody was around. He shut off the Rogue, got out, went inside the truck stop. As he had done at the previous gas stations, he went to the front counter and went behind the counter. 
He went to the computer and selected the pump he was at and hit a few buttons to turn the pump on. He went back outside, put the nozzle in his gas tank, and started to fill up the car up. As it was filling up, he walked around the back of the truck stop and glanced around the parking lot, where all the truck drivers were parked. Hello, he yelled. He didn't hear any sort of response. He could still hear trucks idling, but he didn't hear anything that gave him the impression that there was anyone near, anyone nearby. He walked up to a couple of the trucks that appeared to be idling, and he knocked on the doors. Nobody answered. So he made his way back to the Rogue, which is which had finished gassing up by the point, by this point, and he got back in and drove off. This is so weird. He thought thought as he pulled back onto the interstate. As he continued down the road, he he had gone just as he had done before. He continued to set the radio to continually scan through all the different frequencies. He had been zoning out when he heard a voice come over the radio waves that seemed to snap him out of his trance. Attention, 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 he heard really loud the radio. Oh, crap, he said to himself as he turned the, turned the radio up. Attention, 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 he heard again. He dialed Dave's number. Yo, Dave said. Bro, I think I might have found something. Listen to this, Roger said as he put him on speaker. Attention, 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 the voice in the radio said again. Whoa, whoa, shit, Dave said. I know, right? This is the first radio station I've come across in the last few days that I've heard anything. Attention, attention, attention. If you're hearing this message, make your way to D.C. Do not stop anywhere for too long. People are people all over the country have randomly disappeared in some sort of paranormal phenomenon. Most of the states in the United States have been experiencing blizzard-like conditions, and a large percentage of the population in those states have been experiencing that have been experiencing those blizzards have been to have just disappeared. If you're hearing this message, get to the Capitol building. There are survivors there. There are supplies. We heard the people, or we heard that people. That, are, that have gone searching for people in an attempt to help have themselves God missing. So do not try to be a hero. Even if you think you hear someone yelling for help, do not put yourself in harm's way. Keep moving. Get to the Capitol building in D.C. and be safe. Holy crap, Dave said. Yeah, man. I heard that message start to come over the radio waves, and I, I thought it would be a good idea to call you. Do you have a car or anything, Roger said? Yeah, I've got my pickup truck. What, what are you thinking, bro? Dave said. I think we need to get to D.C., any luck with reaching Maggie? Roger said, no, man, I've tried to call her quite a few times, and almost all the calls I've made have given me that same message. As you got about the number not being able to be completed as dialed, Dave said. He said most of them did, so you, you, a few of them did get through? Roger asked. I had, a, I had a few that seemed like they got through. I left a message with my number, Dave said. Okay, man, I appreciate it. New game plan. Start heading towards the Capitol building. I'm still a ways out, so it, it will take, take me a while yet, but... You were a lot closer. Maybe Maggie's already there. Maybe she heard the same thing we did, Roger said. Yeah, we could hope, right? Dave said. Well, I'm going to hop off here, man. Call me if you hear anything from here. Or hear anything from her. Or if you get any other updates about what the hell is going on, Roger said. I will do that, man. Dave said he's disconnected the call. Several hundred miles later, Roger was finally crossing into the District of Columbia. And it would be arriving at the Capitol building. In the next hour or so. He tried to call Maggie again and got her voicemail. Hey, love, it's Roger. I'm going to be at the Capitol building in D.C. I heard a broadcast. The Capitol building was a safe place to go, and so I'm heading that way now. I've even talked to Dave, and he's heading that way, too. If you're okay and get this message, make your way there that way, too. If you can get a call out, try to call me uh, to let me know that you're okay. I really worry about you. I love you, Roger said as he disconnected the call. Pulling into the parking lot of the Capitol building, he noticed there was about two dozen cars in the lot. He 
grabbed his go bag and walked up to the front door and knocked. A minute or so later, after he knocked, the door was swung open and there was a woman in a military uniform standing before him. Hello, ma'am. My name is Roger. I heard a radio broadcast telling me to come here and that this was a safe place. Yes, sir. Please come in. Is there anyone else with you? The female soldier asked. No, ma'am. It's just me. Roger said as he came in. Bro, he heard in the background that, as he came inside. He glanced over and saw Dave running towards him. Holy shit, man, Roger said as he, as he hugged his friend. How long How long have you been here? Not too long, Dave said. I probably, probably about half a day. You're not going to believe this, though. There's someone else here, Dave said as he pointed off to the side. Roger looked at the direction that Dave was pointing, and his eyes grew wide. Maggie, he said as he noticed a familiar face. Roger, babe, oh my god, Maggie said, leaping into his arms. I was so worried. I got your message, but I couldn't call out. When I got your last message, I made my way down here. I ran into Dave when I got here, and he told me that you and he had been in contact the last last week or so. Yeah, you and you and Dave were the only two that I've been able to get through to on the phone. I'm so happy to see you, my love. For a while before I got in touch with Dave, I thought everything was good. Everyone was gone. I didn't see anyone in all the states I went through on my way back up here, Rogerson. I know, baby, but you know, before the weather hit, I first noticed that the cell network, for the most part, had gone out, and I couldn't reach anyone. And the internet got out. I was worried that I would never see you again, since the last time I spoke with you was when you were getting ready to leave California, Maggie said. Ladies and gentlemen, can you please gather out? I have an announcement to make, the female soldier said over the intercom. As a small crowd gathered, or as a small crowd of people in the Capitol building gathered around, she continued. My name is Staff Sergeant Martinez. I, I am a soldier in the United States Army. As you all are aware by now, there is something odd going on in the country. There are blizzard conditions in a majority of the states, and from limited information that we have gathered, and it isn't much, a large percentage of the population have just disappeared. We do not know much more information than that, other than people are just gone. We don't know why or how, or even why, why myself and y'all are still here. I have no explanation for any of it. For now, I need you all to stay calm, and as I get any new information, I will relay it to you. Also, do not go outside, and especially do not go anywhere alone. We do not know how many people are left, and so we want to do whatever we can to protect those that are still left, Sergeant Martinez said. Roger hugged his wife Maggie, thankful that he had reunited with her. He and Maggie and Dave grabbed some of the gear that the handful of military personnel had provided to the people in the Capitol building and found a small room and made themselves comfortable. It was going to be a while before things got back to normal. That is, of course, if they ever did. They didn't even know the extent of what was going on. All they knew for certain was that they had found each other and they were all safe. So for now, they would make sure that they didn't go anywhere without each other and would keep each other safe. As the days and weeks went by, thankful, thankfully the military personnel somehow was able to keep the Capitol building supplied. So there was always food and supplies. And the people that were hunkering down there had everything that they needed. Everybody still struggled to get through the through to anyone on the phone, and there were still no updates online. As for the most part, they were unable to get a signal out. For now, all they could do was hunker down, be safe, and watch each other's backs. Hopefully soon, they would they would really know what, was, what had happened, what was really going on. And maybe someday soon, things would get back to normal. But in the meantime, at least they had each other. Part 2. Christina was working for an insurance company and was never the type of worker to take a day off. 
After working for quite a few years for a trucking company in PA, she had decided to relocate across the country to Seattle. She hadn't wanted to relocate initially. She loved it in PA and loved her job, but had been through so many unsuccessful relationships in PA that she decided that maybe a fresh start would be a good idea. It was not an easy decision to make. She had quite a few friends in PA and quite a few friends that were truckers who would come through PA and arrange arranged to meet up with her. One such trucker was a guy named Michael. Initially, when she met him, he lived in Philly, but after driving for a few years for the same company Christina worked for, he and his family had relocated out of state. Every so often, he would get a load that was coming to that same part of PA that she lived in, and they would be able to meet up and hang out. Every so often, he would be coming up and having to do a 34-hour restart not far from where she was, and he would reach out and let her know that he was going to be in the area. If it wasn't a good time for her, she would let him know, and he would pretty much just hang out in the truck stop for his 34. If he caught her on a good week, she would message back that she would love to meet up with him, and he would let her know what time of day he would be there. It was always a hit or miss kind of deal. There were quite a few occasions when he would be coming And uh, he would send her a message, and she w she wouldn't be available. And then there were there'd be quite a few occasions where he would message her, and she would be like, "Hell yeah, let me know when you're available and what time you want to get together, and I'll come pick you up." Michael had just delivered. Michael just delivered a load of beer in Jacksonville, Florida. He had been out for quite a few weeks, and was ex extremely stressed out. He hadn't been home for a while, and had not seen or had any contact with any of his friends in quite a while and so his level of stress had gotten to the point where he quite frankly just wanted to pull over get a hotel and take a week off as he handed his bills of lading to the guard at the security shack on his way out of the beer factory all he could think about was getting to a safe place to park and going to sleep it had been one hell of a long day and he was looking forward to getting some sleep Earlier that day, he had been making his way out of another warehouse where he was picking up at. And after he had hooked up to the load, he was walking around his truck and then around his trailer, making sure everything was okay when something, you know, when something odd happened. It was something that took him completely by surprise. He had made his way around a majority of the truck and trailer and was coming, <clears throat> coming up along the passenger side of the truck when there was a loud boom. Some debris flew out from under the truck and made Michael jump out of the way. What the hell? He said as he jumped back. <clears throat> jumped back from the pieces that flew out from under the truck. Michael got down on his hands and knees and looked under the back of the truck and noticed that one of the airbags of the truck was literally in pieces. It had quite literally exploded. What the fuck? He said out loud to himself. He stood up scratch his head as he thought for a few minutes what the hell am i gonna do he wondered the load he just hooked up to was a lot of was a load of beer and so it was really heavy he knew that he probably couldn't successfully run the load with one of his airbags messed up like that however he had already technically been loaded and so he didn't see how he he could get out of it so he went ahead and checked out with security and left the plant he drove 10 miles to the nearest truck stop driving well below the speed limit 
before pulling over and park, parking. The entire way there, it was, or it felt like his truck was dragging along the ground because of the fact that one of his airbags was completely destroyed. As soon as he parked his truck, he sent a message to his company telling them what happened and asked if there was anything he could do. His fleet manager messaged back that he did not have enough funds set aside in his maintenance account, and so there was nothing the company could do to help him. He had been driving for a company, for a trucking company called Interstate Distributor, and his fleet manager was a lady named Michelle Perry. And for the most part, things had gone pretty well. Michael responded to Michelle's message. Ma'am, I understand that, but I'm currently stuck at a truck stop just north of Jacksonville, Florida. I had an airbag blow up when I was picking up the current load. The shop at the truck stop I'm looking at, or that I'm currently parked at, told me that they could fix it for around $800, including all taxes and fees. However, I don't have the money. What do you want me to do? Michelle replied back to him. Hey, Michael, I definitely hear what you're saying, and I understand this is a very stressful situation. I really wish there was anything that we could do, but as I said in my previous message, without anything in your maintenance account, my hands are tied. There's nothing I can do for you at the moment. I'm so sorry. I wish I had better news. Michael took a deep breath and rubbed his temples. He thought for a few minutes. Ma'am, I understand what you're saying. However, I need you to understand that I currently, I am stuck where I'm at. I have a load currently attached to me, but due to the mechanical issues with the truck, I cannot move. What would you recommend I do? Right now I have no options but to remain where I'm at. However, if I do that, I will not get this load delivered and that will also affect the company, will it not? Several minutes later, he got a reply. Hey, Michael, it's Michelle. I definitely hear what you're saying, and I can sympathize with you. I wish I could do more, but unfortunately, my hands are pretty much tied. There's literally nothing I can do. Have you tried reaching out to the company that you leased the truck through? No, ma'am, Michael replied. You were the first person I reached out to. Do you think that they would be able to do anything? A few minutes later, Michael's email quite chimed that he had a new message. Well, it's worth a shot. You should reach out to them and see what they could do, Michelle said. Michael sighed. Okay, thank you, Michelle. I'm not happy about it, but I'll reach out to them and see what they say. Michael had leased his truck through a company in Indianapolis. He drafted up an email to the guy he had dealt with when he filled out his paperwork when he got his truck. Hey, Robert, I have a problem, Michael said and sent off the email. He waited a few minutes and hadn't received any reply, so he thought he would go take care of a few things in order to pass some time. He headed into the truck stop, figured he would grab something to eat. His meal of choice was a meal called the Long Haul Breakfast. Consisted of eggs, hash browns, sausage patties, biscuits and gravy, and French toast. He would love to have ordered bacon too, but there was already so much food that he figured ordering bacon would be too much. After finishing his meal, he decided that he would go pay for a shower. The meal helped him to feel, feel a bit better, but he figured that a hot shower would only make things even better. He made his way up to the front of the truck stop, scanned his loyalty card, and was given his receipt with the number of the shower he was assigned to. He only had to wait about 10 minutes before his shower was available, and as soon as he heard a shower number announced, he made his way over there. As the hot water washed all over him, he just stood there, his eyes closed, and tried to let the water wash all his worries and stresses away. Hot showers were, were probably one of his favorite ways to try to de-stress. He definitely felt that they were one of the most effective ways he could de-stress. Even if he didn't go through all the motions as far as the shampoo, conditioner, body wash, etc., he always felt he could literally stand under the hot water. Just by doing that, he would feel the stress melt away. When he got back to the truck, he saw that he had received a message back from Robert. Hey, Michael, good to hear from you. Sorry to hear about your truck. Unfortunately, your truck is not covered by any sort of warranty, so there isn't much we can do. What we 
can offer you though is if you want to turn your truck in and get a new one we can arrange for a tow truck to come pick you up and bring you back up here to indianapolis and you can get into a new contract with a new truck up here michael sighed he thought about it for, for a little bit and then replied hey robert i'm not gonna lie i really love my truck however it seems like i really don't have too much to work with as far as options goes please go ahead and arrange it i'll wait to hear back from you 15 minutes later a new message came through very good michael i've got it all set up a tow truck will be heading your way they, they are coming from tennessee and will probably it'll probably be a while before they get there they will give you a call when they get close i look forward to seeing you when you get up here sir thank you robert i really appreciate it if it, if it wasn't for you i'd be stuck here another message came through no problem at all michael i'm glad you reached out and i'm glad that i was able to help the next day michael had just been hanging out at the truck stop and he received a text message hey michael my name is brett i'm the tow truck driver um they, they sent down to pick you up i'm about three hours away message me back and let me know where to find you and i'll see you in a few hours hey brett michael replied i'm in the back of the parking lot i'll be hanging up the truck stop so message me when you're when you're about to get here and i'll meet you okay sounds good michael thank you for the quick reply earlier that day interstate had sent another truck to grab the loaded trailer that michael was attached to michael found it funny because the other driver brought an empty trailer with him the other driver basically swapped his load for the or his empty for the loaded trailer that Michael had, even though there was no way that Michael was going to be able to bring that empty trailer with him. A few hours later, Brett was arriving and Michael's phone was going off. Hey, Michael, it's Brett. I just pulled in. Hey, Brett. I'm right out front. I'll be watching for you. All right, cool. I'll see you in a few. Michael walked out the front of the truck stop and watched the tow truck with flashing orange lights pull up. The driver got out and walked up to Michael. Hey, bro, you must be Michael. They shook hands. Hey, man. Yep. You must be Brett. Yes, sir. So where are, we, where are you parked? I'm right back here. Follow me. Michael said as he started walking towards his truck. Brett went back to his tow truck and followed in the direction that Michael was walking. Michael got to his truck and motioned to Brett. Brett pulled his, his tow truck around and backed it up to, the, to Michael's truck. He got out and started to hook everything up to the front of the truck. After everything was hooked up, he pulled the lever and the front of Michael's truck lifted off the ground. Brett came back to Michael and shook his hand again. So here's what I was thinking, Brad said. I'm currently out of hours. So what I was thinking was I'd pull us around the front of the lot where there isn't anybody parked and we could park there for the night. You could sleep in your truck and I'll, I'll sleep in mine. Then in the morning we'll take off. I won't have enough hours to go all the way to Indianapolis. So my thought was that we'll head all the way to Nashville to our tow yard and you can go home for the night. Then the next morning you could unload all your stuff from the truck and we'll continue to Indianapolis. What do you think? That sounds good, man. All right, hop in the passenger side. Let's get parked, Brett said. The next morning, they grabbed some breakfast and headed out. It was quite a long drive from the truck stop that they were at in Florida to the tow yard in Nashville. They made a couple of stops along the way. A few, few of the stops were just for them to stretch their legs and walk around for a bit. But the other stops were so they could grab something to eat. Thankfully, the traffic on the way up wasn't too bad, so they didn't make or didn't have too many issues as far as delays go. As the gate opened and they pulled into the tow yard, Brett pulled off to the side of the yard and parked the truck. All right, man, are you gonna need a ride home? Nah, man, I appreciate it. I'll just arrange for an Uber to come pick me up. What time do you want me back here tomorrow morning? Well, let's see, um, it's 7 p.m. right now. Let's say eight tomorrow morning. That should give you some time to get home and have have some time with the fam and uh, <clears throat> to come, you know, to get some sleep and to get back up here in the morning. 
Yep, sounds good, man. I'll see you in the morning, Michael said. The next morning, they headed out the tow truck with Michael's truck in tow. Michael and his wife had emptied all his stuff out of his truck into their car, and his, his wife had headed home before Michael and Brett headed out. When they got to the company that, they, that he leased the truck through, Brett dropped Michael off at the front entrance and then left to go drop the truck off at the back lot where all the trucks were parked. Michael checked in with Robert as soon as he came inside. Michael, good to see you, sir. I hope your journey was a pleasant one. Hey, Robert. Yeah, I was okay. Uh, I really wish I wasn't having to switch trucks, but it's better than having to be stuck down there in Florida. Thank you again, sir. No problem, Michael. I'm just glad we were able to help. Michael went through all the orientation process. Went out to the truck lot where all the trucks that were ready to be leased were parked and found a truck that he liked. Writing down the information about the truck, he made his way back inside to tell Robert which one he wanted to lease. After filling out all the paperwork, he picked up his keys and headed out to go get his truck. After stopping at the fuel pump to fill his truck with up, his truck up with diesel, he headed out to head back to Nashville. When he got back to Nashville to the interstate hub, he was out of commission for about 24 hours. The company had to install the computer in the truck and get the decals installed on the side of the truck. Once that was all ready to go, Michelle sent Michael a message. Hey, Michael, it's Michelle. Your truck is all ready to go. I'll get, get a load assigned to you first thing tomorrow morning, and you're good to go. Sounds good, Michelle. Thank you. The next morning, Michael rolled into the Starbucks distribution ter terminal in Lebanon, Tennessee. He was picking up a load of coffee that was heading up to Carlisle, PA. He was really happy to be finally rolling again, even though he was sad to have lost his uh, previous truck. He was happy that he was in a new truck and was back to work again. At least he was making money again. As he pulled across the PA state line, he thought, I haven't seen Christine in a while. I should give her a shout. <clears throat> hey, Christina, he, said, he texted. I hope you're well. I don't know if you're free, but I'm coming into PA right now. I'll be in Carlisle for about five hours, and then we'll be parked till tomorrow morning. I'd love to get, get together with you if you're free. Let me know. About an hour later, Michael's phone went off. Hey, Michael, holy crap, it's been so long. How long have you, or have you been? Hell yeah, I'd like to see you. Uh, let me know when you get parked, and I'll head over there and pick you up. I can't wait. Sounds good, Christina. See you soon. Michael pulled into the truck stop and sent Christina a message. Awesome, awesome. Be right there, Christina said. She took him to a bar and grill that was pretty much or pretty popular in that area. As they walked in, Michael chuckled. What's so funny? Christina asked, grinning at him. It's just, it's been so long. It's so nice to be able to hang out with you. Yeah, no. How long has it been? Shit, I don't even know, Michael said as he laughed. It's probably been like six months. They sat at the bar and did quite a few shots and quite a few beers. After a few hours, Michael thought to himself, I really have to use the bathroom, but holy crap, I am so buzzed. He carefully got up and started walking towards the bathroom. He told himself as he walked, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, don't trip. He successfully made his way to the bathroom and did what he had to do. Then when he exited the bathroom, he thought, shit, now I have to make my way back to the bar. Following the same routine he did to get to the bathroom, he made his way back to the bar stool. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Don't trip, man. Don't fall on your face, told himself. When they were talking, Christina had mentioned to him that her boyfriend had cheated on her and she had decided that she wanted to relocate out to the West Coast for a fresh start, but she had no idea how she, how she was going to get there. Michael told her to give him a day or two that he would stay in Carlisle to figure something out and that he would reach out to her soon. When she dropped him back off in the truck, 
back off of the truck after hanging out at the bar, Michael crashed pretty quick that night. In the morning, he got up and loaded up his computer and checked the load board to see what loads were available and if there were any loads heading out to the West Coast. Christina had mentioned that she was trying to get to Seattle, and after scrolling through quite a few loads, he found a load that was heading to Tacoma. He texted Christina and was like, hey, I think I might have an idea. Give me a call. She called him and was like, hey, what's up? Hear me out, Michael said. I have an idea. There's a load going to Tacoma, which is not far from Seattle. It would take two or three days to get there with my 11-hour clock, but I could give you a lift. That is if you don't mind sharing a small space with me on the way up there. Obviously, you would have your own bed since I have a bunk bed in the back. Oh, wow, that sounds good. I really need to get out there. Uh, or really need to get out of here. When do, you, when do we leave, Christina said. Tomorrow morning, meet me in the restaurant in the truck stop at 0800 with whatever luggage you're bringing. I'll grab breakfast, and then we'll get go get loaded and head out. Sounds good, Michael. Thank you. I really appreciate this. Don't even worry about it. I'm just glad I could help. The next morning, Michael just sat, sat down at the table with his plate when Christina walked into the restaurant with her luggage in tow. Hey, Christina, over here, Michael said as he waved at her. Hey, Michael, Christina said as she made her way over to him. Grab a plate and get some food. We gotta get loaded and get on the road. After they ate, they headed over to the shipper and got loaded and headed out. As they made their way west, Christina and Michael chatted quite a bit about what they had both been up to. They hadn't seen each other in quite a while, so they, they had quite a bit to catch up on. They had to make four overnight stops on their way to Seattle as it was roughly 2,800 miles from where they the dispatched from. When they pulled into the hub in Seattle, they dropped the loaded trailer, which was being staged for a local driver to take it to another location. They picked up another loaded trailer that was headed back towards the East Coast and left the hub and headed to a local truck stop. As they backed into a truck parking space at the Flying J truck stop and Michael set the brake, he looked over at Christina. Well, we made it. Do you have any? Do you have somebody you can call? Somewhere for you to go? You're welcome to camp out in the truck one more night if you need to. Obviously, there's a spare bed for you. Thanks, Michael. I really appreciate you bringing me up here. Uh, I've got a friend headed over here. I'll grab my stuff and we'll head into the truck stop to wait for him. Michael exchanged hugs with Christina, and she headed inside the truck stop to wait for a friend to pick her up. Michael got back into the truck, closed his curtains, and went to sleep. The next day, he grabbed breakfast and hit the road. As he made his way east, he had cranked up the air conditioning because the temperature was really high. An hour or so later, he noticed that the sky had darkened quite a bit and it actually started to snow. Snow? Really? It was just 90 degrees. What the hell, he thought to himself. As he continued down the highway, the snow, the snow began to get heavier. Michael pulled over and checked his phone. The temp had gone from 89 degrees to 34 in a matter of hours. It didn't make sense. It was the middle of spring and the, the temperature the last month or so had not gone below 55, so how the hell could it be snowing? Michael slowly pulled into or pulled back in onto the road and made his way down the interstate. He went probably another 200 miles and then pulled off at another truck stop and parked for the night. As a professional driver, he had always been told a saying that a lot of truckers live by. If in doubt, wait it out usually was meant for when drivers were trying to pull out into traffic and didn't know if they could make it out before oncoming cars got there. But it also rang true for whenever drivers were dealing with extreme weather. If you didn't feel comfortable being out in the extreme weather, pull over and park and wait it out. Wait for it to be, wait for it to clear up. 
when he parked at the petrol truck stop, he went inside and hit the bathroom. He went into the Iron Skillet restaurant to grab something to eat, and immediately noticed that the entire place was completely empty. He didn't see a soul inside. Hmm, that's really weird, he thought. He rang the bell. Hello? No response. He went back out in the main area of the truck stop. He looked around. Still nobody. What the hell, he thought. He got back to his truck, and he noticed he had a few texts and a few missed calls from Christina on his phone. He checked his voicemail. Michael, it's Christina. I don't know what's going on, but it's blizzarding here. I, I haven't been able to reach my friend. Where are you? Where are you at? I'm still at the truck stop. I can't reach anyone else. Yours is the only number I was able to get through on. Please call me. I'm really scared. Michael called her back. Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? He could tell Christina was crying. No, I'm scared. There's nobody here. There were, there were a few people when I came in to wait for my, my friend, but they're all gone. There's nobody here in the truck stop, and I can't reach my friend. Where are you? I'm like 300 miles away, probably about five hours, but maybe more because of the weather. Do you need me to come back? Please, Michael, I don't know what else to do. I'll wait for you. Okay. I have to finish my 10-hour break, but then I'll head out. I'll be there as soon as I can. Okay, please hurry, Christina said. The next morning, Michael got ready to go and went in to, gr to grab something for breakfast. Again, he walked from the truck to the building and he noticed no sign of activity. Nobody walking around the parking lot. No trucks in the fuel lanes filling up with diesel. Then as he entered the truck stop, it was just as dead inside as it was outside. He hit the bathroom and made his way into the restaurant. Although the restaurant was technically open, he didn't see anyone inside. There was nobody at the counter. And although he could see plates still on the tables, there were no customers at any of them. It was eerily quiet. He wasn't sure what he should do. He decided to go back to the main truck stop. He grabbed a large bag and started grabbing a bunch of random food and drink items. There was nobody to ring him up, and he felt uncomfortable just grabbing stuff, but there was just a feeling in his gut that he had better try to prepare himself as best as possible. He thought to himself, who knows how easy it will be for me to stock up on supplies. I better grab whatever I can here. He filled, up, he filled his bag up with random snacks like candy bars, protein bars, and chips. Then grabbed a few more bags filled them up with microwavables like ramen noodles and soups. He was thankful he had an APU on his truck, which is basically a large generator that allowed him to have power to the truck without having to keep his truck running. He also had a microwave and a fridge. So most of the time, when he would leave home and head back on the road, he always did a really good job of making sure he was pretty well stocked up. If he ever needed to get supplies while he was out on the road, usually he would find a Walmart that was big enough for him to park his tractor trailer and he would park and grab whatever he needed. Sometimes he would even park for the night in their parking lot. He didn't like doing that because it always made him feel a bit uneasy. He just always felt safer being parked at an actual truck stop. Filling the fourth bag up with some bread and grabbing a bunch of water, he made his way back to the truck. As he walked back to the truck, he got shivers down his spine. There was absolutely nobody in sight. This truck stop was pretty huge and the only sound he could hear were trucks idling. He got back to his truck and put all his supplies away that he had grabbed. Then he did his 15-minute pre-trip inspection, checked all his fluids, pulled out of the truck stop, and got back on the interstate, heading back in the direction of Tacoma. He sent Christina a quick text. Hey, I just left the truck stop, and I'm on the road. GPS says I'm about 300 miles away, but says the current speed I'm going due to visibility that it'll take about seven hours to get there. But I'm on my way. Just hang tight and be safe. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Uh, there's still nobody anywhere near me. I went 
I went to go outside and walk around, but then I heard a high-pitched scream somewhere nearby. So I went back inside, and I paid for a shower, and I've sort of barricaded myself in one of their shower rooms. Good idea. I don't know what's going on, but definitely better to be safe. When I get there, I'll come find you. Thank you so much. I'm so scared. It'll be okay, Christina, Michael said. As he continued down the interstate, the blizzard had gotten to be really intense. Visibility was really bad. He could barely see 30 feet in front of him. A few hours later, he passed a sign that said Tacoma, 120 miles. Hell yeah, shouldn't be too long now, maybe two or three more hours, he said. He had pushed the speed up to around 50. He figured he could see the road in front of him for at least a little ways, and he hadn't seen one other vehicle on the road, so he figured he was probably fairly safe to move at a little higher speed. Normally in weather like this, there would usually be other cars out traveling the highway, so everyone had to keep their speed down and watch for other drivers. He finally was pulling into the truck stop, and pulled into the fuel lane closest to the building. He made he made sure he had his spare key on him and locked the truck up so he could leave it running with the heat on. Coming back into the truck stop again, he noticed just like at the Petro the night before, he didn't see anyone else anywhere in the truck stop. Hey, I'm here. Um, I'm back where the shower rooms are. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I'll be right there. I'll be right out, Christina replied. Michael waited near the entrance to the hallway where the showers were. Christina came around the corner and gave him a hug. Hey, so glad to see you again. How was the drive? Well, let's get back to the truck first. I don't feel comfortable hanging out in public for too long right now. It just feels very off, and I think it's safer out in the truck. Yeah, you're right. Let's go, Christina said. Back at the truck, he unlocked the door and grabbed his fuel card. He looked over at Christina. Why don't you go get your stuff loaded back up? The top bunk is exactly how you left it. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I've noticed that my fuel card still works. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go ahead and make sure we have full tanks as much as possible. That's a good idea, Christina said. They got the truck filled up with diesel and def and filled up a couple more bags of snacks and drinks. Christina looked at Michael as he came out with a couple more bags of filled to the brim with additional food and beverage items. You're not playing around, huh? Think we got? Think we need so much stuff? Hey, I'm just trying to be thorough. You just never know. One of my favorite sayings is it's better to have too much versus not having enough. That's that's definitely a good saying, Christina said. They pulled out of the truck stop and got back on the interstate. As they made their way down the road, Christina started scanning through the radio trying to find a station that might be talking about what was going on. They must have gone through dozens of stations and all they had come across was static. Christina looked over at Michael. Have you heard from anyone or heard anything at all? Nope. When I was making my way back here to pick you up again, I tried to scroll through the radio as well, and all I got was static. What about any uh, phone calls, Christina said. Nope, nothing. I tried to call a few people, but all I got was a message saying the number could not be completed as dialed. How do we get through to each other, Christina asked. I have no idea, Michael said. Your number was the only one that went through. Also, you're the only one that I got a message from. Hold on, let me check something, Christina said. She pulled, up, pulled out her phone. Shit. What is it, Michael said as he glanced over at her from the driver's seat. I just tried to go online to see if I could find any articles or hell, even Facebook, but it says I don't have any data. That's weird, Michael said. Yeah, I really wonder what's going on. When was the last time you saw anyone else? Oh, uh, Michael said. <clears throat> it was probably when we first got to Tacoma to drop you off. I think we saw a few people then, but after that, after I left, the blizzard started and I haven't seen a single person. What about you? Well, Christina said, I saw a few people when I uh, came into the truck stop to wait for my friend, but when I came out of the bathroom, everyone was gone. 
I didn't think anything of it, but then I tried to get in touch with my friend, and just like your phone calls, I got the message saying the number I dialed cannot be completed. And you never saw him, Michael asked? Nope, I never saw anyone. After a while, I just assumed he wasn't coming, and that's when I called you. I'm glad you did, otherwise I'd just be heading east all alone and unsure what to do next, Michael said. They continued rolling down the interstate. Christina kept scanning through the radio, and they passed the station that they thought they heard somebody say something. She backed up to the station, and a loud, booming voice came through the airwaves. Attention, attention, attention. If you are hearing this, make your way to the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. People all over the country have disappeared. All about a dozen states are experiencing blizzard conditions. People that are, have gone looking for other people have themselves gone missing. People that heard what sounded like somebody needing help have themselves gone missing. So I repeat, do not be a hero. Just keep moving. Just be safe. Wow. Holy crap, Christina said. Just, uh, wow. Yeah, uh, Michael said. Michael pulled out his phone and noticed he had a text from his buddy Dave on the East Coast. He dialed Dave's number, and to his surprise, Dave picked up. Yo, Dave said. Holy shit, man. What's going on? I'm surprised I was able to get through to you. What's going on, Michael? Where you at? I'm out here on the West Coast. I'm on my way to way out of Seattle. I have I have Christina with me. No shit. How's she doing? I haven't talked to Christina since we all worked at that one company. Oh, I know, man, Michael said. What are you doing with her, man? Oh, she wanted a fresh start. Figured she would move out to Seattle with a friend and need a lift. So I booked a loadout that way, and, I, and she tagged along. After I dropped her off, it took off, headed east again. She The blizzard started. And she got in touch with me and told me she was never able to get in touch with her friend. And so I turned around and came back to get her. Holy shit, man. Sounds like y'all have been through a lot. So you're dealing with the blizzard out there too, huh? Dave said. Yeah. Um, any idea what's going on? What the, What's with the lack of people? We came across the station earlier that was basically broadcasting a lot of messages that we keep moving. Don't be a hero. And it mentioned something about the Capitol building. What the hell, man? Yeah, man. Make your way up here. Uh, there's, there's maybe a few hundred people here. Not sure how many are left in the country. Uh, sounds like a majority of people in all the states with the blizzard are just gone. No idea where they went. We've, we've heard a little bit since we got here. What have you heard, man? Michael said. They have a handful of army soldiers here. They reported the other day that they received a report that only people that are out in the blizzard for too long have gone missing without trace. It seems that people that didn't go missing would go out looking for those people and they themselves would go missing. They said that it seems to be how a lot of people have gone missing. They said that is why the radio is broadcasting to keep moving and don't be a hero. How far how far do you think you guys are from here, Dave said? Probably like three days. Got to keep within those fun hours of service. Oh, I know, man. Although with uh, what's going on, I almost wonder if, if anything would happen to you if you just drove and didn't worry about it. Yeah, Dave. I thought, I thought that too, but for now I'm sticking to how I normally do things. Doing my 11 hours of drive time and then parking for 10 hours to get my hours back. Plus, you know how it is. I don't want to drive overly tired, so I'm just slowly making my way east. This storm is pretty intense, so I'm probably averaging 50 miles per hour. Oh, I hear you, Dave said. You know that Roger and his wife Maggie are here, right? What? Yeah, man. Roger went to uh, went out to Southern California with his ram, and then he hit the blizzard on his way back. He had a lot of crazy shit happen on his way back east. He even lost his truck. What? No freaking way. Are you serious, Michael said? Yeah, man. For some reason, the only person he was able to... for some reason the only person he was able to get in contact with was for a while was me. When I managed to get through to his wife, through 
Then he managed to get through to his wife Maggie's voicemail, and when he made it here, Maggie had gotten his message. She actually made her way here to the Capitol building too. No shit, that's awesome. I'm glad y'all. I'm glad y'all made it there safe. It'll take me a while to get there, but I'll get Christina and I there too. I just hope we don't run into any issues on the road, Michael said. Definitely. You two be safe out there. Uh, call me whenever you get the signal again so I can find out how close you are. If I learn anything else about the current situation, I'll let you know, Dave said. Okay, man. Talk to you soon, Michael said as he disconnected the call. Halfway across Nebraska, the snow had gotten so intense that they could barely see the, the front of the truck. Holy shit, Michael said. I don't want to get, I don't want to stop, but I, I think we should pull off for a bit and see if this clears up. Maybe see if we can grab some more supplies. What do you think? Yeah, sounds like a good idea, Mike, or Christina said. They pulled into a Love's truck stop and pulled into the fuel island. Michael got out and topped off the fuel. Then he backed into a truck park, but backed into a trucking space. Did you see any sign of life out there when you were fueling? Nope, nothing. I'm just glad that the fuel card still works. It will make getting into the Capitol building and meeting up with Dave and Roger a lot easier. Oh yeah, you're right, Christina said. Hey, when when you're when you're out fueling, I got a signal on my phone and I was able to load one of the news websites. Oh yeah? What'd you find out? The site said that what's left of the government has been making really good progress. They said the best thing we could do is to get to a safe location, Christina said as she adjusted the radio. Oh shit, do you hear that? Suddenly they started hearing voice hearing a voice come over the radio waves. Attention, attention, attention. If you're hearing this, make your way to the Capitol building in D.C. Do, do not try to be a hero. Do not try to help anyone. We've heard many reports of people going to try to search for or help people and themselves disappearing. We repeat, do not go searching for anyone and do not try to go helping. From what we have heard, everyone that has tried to go help someone has gone missing as well. Holy shit, Michael said. I know, right? Christina said. So I guess we should just keep keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, she replied. I think we should only get off the highway if, if we have to fuel or find more food or supplies, but otherwise I think we should just keep moving. I have a bad feeling that if we stop and linger anywhere for too long that we may run into trouble. Michael gripped the steering wheel tightly as they rolled down the interstate. Do you think we could disappear? Christina looked over at him for a second before she responded. Yeah, based on what, we're, what we've been hearing, I think that we just might. I think our best option for us is for us to keep moving and make it to the Capitol building. As much as I want to help anyone else that is out here, I don't want to die. Michael sighed. Yeah, me either. So I guess we'll just keep moving no matter what we hear or see. Christina sighed. Yeah, I want to help people as much as you do, but from what it sounds like, if we stop and try to help people, we might go missing too. I think we should just keep moving. Okay, Christina. Can't help but think that you're right. Okay, listen. For now, our tank's completely full and we have quite a bit of food and water stocked up. I think we'll be okay, at least for the next few states. Let's try to not think about it too much. A few hundred miles later, they were running low on fuel and decided to pull off the highway again. They pulled into a pilot truck stop, and like all the previous times, there was there were no other signs, no other trucks at the pump. And they pulled up, and Michael got out of the truck. He looked over at Christina and was like, "Here goes." He swiped his fuel card at the pump, and it authorized authorized the transaction. He topped off their fuel and def, and when it was all completed, he opened up the driver's side door and looked up at Christina. Hey, I was thinking. Maybe we should grab a bit more food and water, and maybe it would be a good idea to grab a shower while we're here. That sounds like a good idea. 
Can you send me the barcode from your pilot card so I can get a shower without paying cash for it? She said, of course, it's on its way. Michael said as he tapped to select a few options on his phone. Thank you, Christina said. After they had showered and stocked up on supplies, they found an open parking space and backed into it and parked for the night. When they got back to the truck, Christina looked at Michael. What's up? Michael said. Would it be okay if I checked the radio stations again? Sure. You know what they say. Mi casa es su casa. I never took Spanish, Christina said, and she laughed. I didn't either. I'm pretty sure it means my house is your house. Oh, okay, Christina replied. But you know this isn't a house, right? Michael laughed. Well, it may not be a house, but it's definitely a home away from home. Okay, I'll give you that, Christina said. Finally, they crossed the border into Washington, D.C. Only a few hundred miles to go, Michael said. I'm so glad, Christina said. I'm glad you called me when you couldn't reach your friend. I, I would hate to think about either of us being out there completely alone, Michael said. Oh, I know. I'm glad, too. I just hope my friend is okay. After not hearing from him, I, I now worry that he was one of the people that disappeared. Well, Christina, I would love to tell you that things will be okay, but honestly, I think it's highly likely that he probably was. I wish that weren't the case, but from what we're hearing, I don't think that it can be avoided. Oh, look. What? Christina said. I think that's the Capitol building up there. Seriously? I can't believe we made it. Michael laughed. Oh, me either. Michael parked his truck, and they both got out. Michael knocked on the door, and as the door opened and a mili military soldier stood before him, Michael swallowed. Good afternoon, ma'am. My name is Michael. I was told that uh, anyone still around should make their way to the Capitol building and that there were survivors here. Michael motioned to Christina. This is my friend Christina. Good afternoon, ma'am. Nice to meet you, Christina said. Good day to you both. I am Staff Sergeant Martinez with the United States Army. Please come in. As Michael and Christina entered the building, they heard, Bro! They turned around and saw Dave running up to them. Holy shit, Dave. Good to see you, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm glad y'all made it. Hey, Christina. So good to see you. How was your trip? Can I get a hug? It's been so long. Christina chuckled, pulled Dave in for a hug. Of course. Good to see you, Dave. I didn't think we'd ever see each other again since you left the trucking company that Michael and I were working for. I know, right? Dave said. I would have stayed, but when I was with the same companies as y'all, I was loving those tractor supply loads. It was an easy way for me to make $300 a day and still come home every night. When the company did away with those and gave them to company drivers, I was like, yeah, well, fuck that. I hear you, Christina said. Sergeant Martinez said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think someone else is happy to see you. Michael looked behind him again and realized that Roger was running up to them. Holy shit, Roger, man, how you been? Roger gave both Michael and Christina a hug. I've been good, man. I'm glad y'all made it here safely. I wasn't sure if I would see too many familiar faces, but I'm glad I ran into you guys. Sergeant Martinez announced over the intercom that anyone should that everyone should report to the common area for an announcement. Michael took Christina's hand. Shall we? Yes, we shall, Christina replied. Roger took Maggie's hand. What do you think, love? I think we need to get as much information as we can. Get as much info as we can. Lead the way, babe, Mike, Maggie said. Dave followed behind the two couples. Thank you all for coming, Sergeant Martinez announced. We still don't have much information. We have contact with a few military personnel that are high up in the chain. And as soon as we get any updates, we will let you all know. For now, keep doing what you're doing. Here, you are all safe. Here, you all don't have to worry. I have a dozen or so other military personnel that are guarding all the entrances and of the Capitol building, and nothing will get in unless we let it in. Michael squeezed Christina's hand. You okay? Yeah, I'm good, Christina replied. Okay, good. You just look a little worried, Michael said. I'm not worried, Michael, Christina said. It's just 
that it feels like our whole lives have just been up in and I wish I could go home, but I feel like that isn't possible. Michael sighed. Christina, if you want to go home, you know I'd load you up and your stuff in the truck and take you home. Yeah, no, Michael. The thing is, I don't even know if there is anyone at home. Well, why don't you try to call? That's a good idea, Christina says. She pulled her phone out. Michael tried to look like he was not paying very close attention as he heard the beeping on the other end of Christina's call. She frowned. Michael looked up at her. What's going on? Call could not be completed as dialed. Not gonna lie, I'm kind of fearing the worst. I hear you, Michael replied. I guess we'll just have to keep doing what we're doing. Michael, Christina, David, Roger, and Margaret started meeting up daily, talking about the latest information that they heard about what was going on in the country. Roger had his computer with him and had started to write a book about what was going on. He didn't know if anyone would have the chance to read it, but figured he wanted to write, write about what, was, what they had all been through and about what was still going on. It had been a long, hard, scary, and complicated road for all of them, but finally all the friends were reunited at last. They had decided, based on all the radio broadcasts, as well as what the sergeant had said, that it was best if they just stayed put and kept each other safe where they were currently at. It wouldn't make sense for them to leave and try to not only figure out if there were any other people out there, it made more sense for them to do what they were, what they were doing, to stick together and keep each other safe. From here on out, they would make sure that they stuck together. As long as they stayed together, they would be safe. As long as they stuck together, they could watch each other's backs. No matter what was happening else, everywhere else, they could make sure that the people they were with would not disappear. As the weeks and months went by, they continued to stand by each other and keep each other safe. They continued to make sure that, that they were all safe. Eventually, they received word that the government had succeeded in fighting off the paranormal entities that had caused the whole issues across the entire country. Now it was time to rebuild. Now it was time to get their lives back. It was going to be a slow process, but they were determined to do it. The majority of the country had disappeared, and quite sadly, they never showed back up. But now that things had been taken care of, the people that remained could work on building their lives back up, and in the process, rebuilding the country back up. Things would never be the same. They would try to get back to any kind of resemblance of the lives that they had previously had, but despite all their efforts, they would never get there. All they could do was keep supporting each other. All they could do was keep believing that things would eventually, someday, be okay. All they could do was keep moving forward. The end. Welcome back, guys. So, thank you for joining me this week on this week's episode of Storytime Friday. If you would like to support this podcast for as little as $1 per month, please visit blodgetshow.com slash support. On that note, guys, I hope you're all doing well and... I will see you on the next episode, which will be on Tuesday, which is Real Talk Tuesday. Have a good one.